Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is February 27th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, which really is a block that teaches us about miracles of the Savior. We talked yesterday about how the Savior has worked miracles prior to these, but that this is where we really start to see where he starts to work public miracles for many people to see. Yesterday, we talked about the idea of miracles and how we still see miracles in our day, that miracles have not been done away with, but they continue today for those who have faith and who have eyes to see where God has his hand in our lives. And then we talked about the story of the leper. Now, I wanted to kind of combine those two a little bit today. I'm not quite done working through this in my mind. So yesterday when we talked about how miracles happen in our lives, and then we talked about this story, there's one other aspect of it that I really want to dive into a little bit. I talked a little bit yesterday about how I've witnessed miracles in my lives, really big, amazing miracles I've seen worked. But I've also had times when I prayed for miracles that didn't happen. So how do we bring together these two things, a belief in miracles, a belief that God works miracles in our lives still, and yet a knowledge that sometimes our prayers go unanswered, or sometimes the miracle that we seek doesn't happen? I think the answer to that is found in the first miracle of this leper. Remember, when the leper comes to Christ in the multitude, listen to the words he says. He says, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. We talked yesterday about how he says, if thou wilt, not if thou can. He knew that the Savior could heal him. He knew that a miracle could be worked. What he didn't know is if it was going to be the will of the Savior to work that miracle. I think, honestly, there was a little bit of nervousness that the Savior wouldn't want to help him because he was unclean. I think he was probably a little nervous to approach the Savior because that was very unconventional in those days and in that time. People did not approach lepers. People did not come close to lepers. And so in his desperation, the leper still approached the Savior, even though he was in this multitude. But I think he did it a little bit nervously, like, well, I don't know if he'll want to help me because I am considered unclean, because I do have this horrible disease. But he knew that the Savior could. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He knew the Savior's power. But what he didn't know was the Savior's will. And I think sometimes when we pray for miracles, we can experience something very, very similar. We pray for miracles in faith, knowing that God can work miracles, knowing and believing in priesthood power and that miracles can be wrought. But sometimes what we're unsure of is God's will. And that's where sometimes we don't get the opportunity to see the miracles that we hope to see. Because sometimes they're just not in line with the big picture or the big plan. As hard as it is to say, sometimes our trials are part of our plan and part of our growth. And our Father in Heaven knows that we can't miss out on the growth that we would miss out on if He would spare us with the miracle. But what we can do and what we can believe in and what we can have hope for is the greatest miracle. Oftentimes when we pray for miracles, we are hoping for the immediate miracle, right? We're hoping that someone will be healed now. And sometimes we are blessed with that miracle. Sometimes we see that miracle and other times we don't. My friends, it would be my hope or it would be my challenge that when we don't see the miracle that we're hoping for, 
we keep our eyes focused on the miracle that we're promised that will happen in the end. We might not be spared from losing our loved ones here in the moment, but because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, because he was crucified and resurrected, we will receive the ultimate miracle, which is eternal life. Because of him, all wrongs will be made right. Because of him, all sickness will be made better. Because of him, death will not be permanent. We might not be able to see the immediate miracle, but let us always have faith in the ultimate miracle. So for the next miracle, we're going to flip over to Luke chapter seven, where it's going to talk about the healing of the centurion's servant. But Luke will give some added detail, which I absolutely love and which makes sense considering, remember, Luke is speaking to the Gentiles here and he wants them to understand this added insight about the Gentiles. Starting in verse two, it says, And a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. And when he, meaning the centurion, heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation and hath built us a synagogue. Now, let's pause here really quick, because it would appear that this centurion is a really great man. Keep in mind, the Romans were not well-loved in the area. They weren't loved by the Jews at the time. And yet here, the centurion doesn't feel worthy to approach the Savior himself. So he sends the elders of the Jews and he asks them to bring Jesus back to heal his servant that he loves. So they come and they beseech the Savior and they plead on the centurion's behalf. They explain that he's a really good man. He loves our nation and has even built us a synagogue. This is a good, good man. But did the centurion see himself as that? Now, keep in mind, he didn't want to approach the Savior up front. He sent others to do it for him. And then let's look at what's going to happen further in this story. It says, then Jesus went with them And when he was now not far off from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. What a man of beautiful faith. And he was a Gentile. He didn't see himself worthy to stand before the Savior and ask something of him. So first he sent the Jews. And when the Savior actually came, then he was like, oh, no, I'm not worthy for this man to enter into my home. So send friends out and say, I'm not worthy. Just say the word. And I know my servant will be healed. His incredible faith in the Savior's power is only matched by his incredible humility, understanding who the Savior was and understanding his total reliance and dependence on him. It was absolutely phenomenal. But we get another interesting insight in the Matthew version. So let's flip back to Matthew 8. In Matthew 8, the centurion is going to go even further to talk about the kind of centurion he is. He says, For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another man, Come, and he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. Now, I don't know 100%. I'm not the centurion. I wasn't there. But it sounds to me like what he's saying is, I don't want to say, come heal my servant, and you snap to attention like one of my soldiers and come do what I ask you to do. I just know that you can do it, and I need your power. I need your miracles. 
but I don't need another servant. I don't need another soldier to obey my command. So I'm not ordering you to come into my house and to do everything. But if you will, I know you can heal him just with your words. Now, my friends, have we ever felt like the leper did and like the centurion did? Unworthy, maybe unclean to approach the Savior? I know I have. I've experienced that feeling. But it's in those moments that the Savior wants us to approach him the most. He can't heal us until we approach him, until we come to him. And so in our uncleanliness like the leper, or in our seemingly unworthiness like the centurion, we can come to the Savior and we can ask for healing, for cleansing, for miracles, with the faith that they had knowing that he could heal, knowing that he could save, knowing that he could cleanse. We can have that same kind of faith as well. But I also love what both of these men teach us, and that is turning our will over to him. Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Or with the centurion, the lack of command, the lack of saying, I need you to do this, come do this, because I said so. But just saying, Lord, you have the power, you have the ability, but it's your will if you will do it or not. My friends, I testify that God is all-powerful, that he can and does work miracles in our lives, but that he has the bigger picture. And sometimes the greater miracle comes in ways that we're not expecting and sometimes ways that we're not wanting. But as we place our trust in him and turn our will over to him, it's my testimony that in the end, because of the atonement of Jesus Christ, the greatest miracles will come to pass in our lives and in our hearts and always for our good. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.